It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the inaugural episode of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. Hanging out with you now on the Locked On Sports Atlanta Network. It's so good to be here. And look, we've got a lot to get into five days a week now of Chuckery hanging out with you here. So today we're going to talk about some Atlanta Falcons and what to expect from the Marcus Mariota era and maybe some changes in draft philosophy. Not so much this year, but potentially next year. A little bit of NCAA Men's Final Four attorney talk and my predictions for WrestleMania. It's hitting hard with John Chuckery. And we're brought to you by our friends today at betonline.net, your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You get the latest odds, contests, player props, you name it. Like I said, we got the men's final four coming up this weekend. You got the national championship coming up on Monday. Hawks are back in action coming up tomorrow night. Hey, they're red hot. Might be time to lay a few ducats down on the Hawks and win yourself a little bit of money. Bet online remains the best spot for all of your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews all season long. And it's not just basketball, by the way. Bet online is your number one source for all of your sporting wagering information. You got live betting, you got Vegas casino games, all kinds of good stuff there. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends. Bet online where the game starts. So want to let you know that as this is the first episode of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. We're going to get into a lot of things over the course of this show. We'll focus very heavily on everything going on locally. If there's a big national story, we'll get into that. But we really want to connect with you as an audience in the local market and giving you a feel for my thoughts about what's happening on with Atlanta sports. Collegiate, pro, you name it, we'll get into everything. Hawks, Falcons, Braves, some Atlanta United. We'll get into all different things. Obviously, Georgia football, Georgia Tech football. As news and stories come along, we'll be reacting to all of that. So want you to hit the you know subscribe button on YouTube. You can find us there. Also, subscribe, like us, give us all the good reviews that you can on all of your favorite podcast platforms. So all of that is going to be available to you here online. So as we get into this first episode, as we've had a big fallout from all kinds of things in Atlanta sports over this last week, 10 days, what have you out there. Certainly a new era of Falcons football as Marcus Mariota will take over for Matt Ryan. We assume, barring any kind of weird draft scenarios or things like that. But we, we've we talked before about the idea of not changing your draft philosophy for this year. I am in favor of drafting a quarterback, potentially second round, or if you could trade back in the first, take some of your other picks bundle them to get back up in the first round and draft a quarterback late first round. I'm in favor of that. I'm not in favor of drafting a quarterback at number eight. I still think you have to go get your pass rusher and you have to do, so you have to start fixing what ails you, as I like to say, and pass rush to me, you find much better value there right now than you do with the quarterback position at, at the number eight pick overall. But as of right now, Marcus Mariota sits as the guy most likely to start this year for the Atlanta Falcons. What do we expect out of Marcus Mariota? When you look at his career, 77 touchdowns, 45 interceptions. He's about a 62% completion percentage. He was obviously the number two overall pick in the draft a handful of years ago. This is his third team in what, five or six years that he's been with in the NFL. Drafted by Tennessee, number two overall. 
went and played a couple of years with the Raiders. Now here he comes to the Atlanta Falcons. So it's a situation where this is a guy for all of his draft hype and hoopla and things like that has bounced around already to three different teams because he just has not put up the results. Tennessee Titans decided in his fifth year to go a different direction. They brought Ryan Tannehill in. Mariota started a few games, and then Tannehill takes over, and the rest is sort of history. Now, where Mariota got bailed out in his time at Tennessee was the development of Derrick Henry. To give you an idea about the philosophy of offense with the Falcons and Matt Ryan and the idea of what Marcus Mariota was and is, Marcus Mariota's highest season total of pass attempts was 453. 453 pass attempts in a season. To put that in perspective, over the last four years, Matt Ryan averaged 600 pass attempts. And I've always said that as long as Matt and Julio were a part of this organization, they were always going to be a pass-first offense. Like that or not, once Matt got in the league and they signed Michael Turner and they were a run-heavy first type of team, Turner comes in and runs for 1,500 yards in 08, and Matt kind of works his way in. But once they made the trade for Julio and they wanted to get more explosive and they realized that the way to win in the NFL is we have to push the ball downfield. Lots of receivers, good quarterback, push the ball downfield. That's still the NFL game today. The NFL today game is still you got to get the ball downfield. You got to get yards per attempt. You have to you keep, keep consistently hitting guys. It's still a push the ball down the field in the passing game first and foremost. But if you don't have a quarterback who can do that, then you have to change up your thought and your philosophy and your style on all of that. That's where Marcus Mariota comes in. Is Marcus Mariota going to come in here and be like Matt Ryan and throw it 600 times in a season? No, no, he's not going to do that. If, if Unless they are definitely trying to lose games, you're not going to ask Marcus Mariota to come in here and throw it 600 times like he did for Matt Ryan. Just not going to happen out there. Can Marcus Mariota be effective in an offense like this? I think that's the big question mark. I I think that's the big thing that we need to see. Because whereas a year into his tenure, the Titans went and drafted Derrick Henry, right now there's not a lot of good pieces for Marcus Mariota to work with. You're not going to have Ridley. Yeah, you've got Pitts. You've you've signed Auden Tate. You've signed some other guys that – you're just kind of hoping that can do something. Mike Davis is still in the fold. Cordero Patterson is back. You've got uh, Damian Williams. They just re-upped Kadri Allison. So you've got a lot of running backs that you're trying to figure out and shake out. I think this is where we're going to see the change to some of the more Arthur Smith type of philosophy of being a more run-first type of team. Now, that's easy to do in Tennessee when you've got the best back in the NFL, Right. When you got a guy who's 1,500 on the low end, 2,000 yards on the high end, it's easy to be a run-first team. It's also easy to be a run-first team when, in their heyday, it's Taylor Lewan and Jack Conklin and all these guys that are first-team all-NFL linemen, right? This team is Matt Hennessy and Caleb McGarry and Jalen Mayfield and you know all those vagabonds that they've got trouting out through the middle of their offensive line. So if they're going to change their philosophy, And even if they draft a young quarterback, they're still not going to let a young guy come into the league and throw it 600 times and throw it all over the yard. 
Arthur Smith was able to do that with Matt Ryan because that's what a veteran quarterback does. And when you had Julio and you have Ridley and you got Pitts and you got Hurst and you got this guy, beep, bada, bop, bop, beep, bop, bop, you know, you can do all that kind of stuff. But you can't do that with the Marcus Mariota. So that philosophy is going to have to change. They're going to have to get better at the running back position. They're going to have to get better on the interior of their offensive line. And they're going to have to find some guys that probably, honestly, playing into Mariota's strengths at wide receiver. Guys with good catch radiuses, guys with some size, and that's what you're seeing. You're already seeing the Falcons signing guys who are sort of big physical guys. Maybe not stretch the field and get downfield in a fast amount of time and, and hurry and everything, but guys who can go get it. Guys whose hands and catch radius and all those buzzwords that we love in the NFL can do that. But don't expect Marcus Mariota to just kind of walk in and take over, even though he's a veteran now at this point. And even though he's been in the league, whatever it is, five, six, seven years now that he's been in the league, don't expect him to come in here and be the same type of player. He's just not that kind of quarterback. And maybe he can help out in the running game a little bit. But again, as I always say, you still want your NFL quarterback to basically stand in the pocket as much as he can and push the ball downfield. Yeah, you maneuver out of the pocket, but tucking and running is no way to live in the NFL. Even Lamar Jackson understands it. Now, you read his comments about, well, you know, I've got to learn to be in the pocket more and I've got to learn to be able to, you know, throw things and all that good kind of stuff. I mean, you have to be like that in today's NFL. You have to be able to still push the ball in the pocket. So philosophy-wise, we're finally probably going to get that change that people have been looking for with Arthur Smith taking over. And, and now, and we'll talk about this coming up, the idea of how you start to move forward in the draft, not so much this year, but moving forward next year, and the concept of how do we, how do we start to build around our new team. So we'll talk about some of the draft philosophy coming up next on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Network. We're back on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery as we're going to talk about some of the Falcons draft philosophy moving forward and talking about Marcus Mariota and the changes in the offense. First, though, I want to talk to you a little bit about our friends at Built Bar. Now, look, I know a lot of you had your New Year's resolutions, get yourself in shape. Look, I'm on YouTube now, so I got to figure out a way to get myself in shape, right? I can't be looking like some beached whale out here on this, uh, you know, webcam and all the good kind of stuff now. So listen, if your mission this year was to eat right and eat healthier, but you still get some of those cravings for some sweet snacks and things like that, I want you to go to Built Bar, go to Built.com and check out some of their bars and amazing treats that they have out of there. Have you heard about the Puffs? You haven't? All right, let me tell you what you're missing out on. So it's the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. So they're fluffy, marshmallowy. They're just not a protein bar. They're a treat because they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Now, they've become a real fan favorite. You've got the yummy cinnamon. You got the churro. You got the coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. Got all kinds of great flavors for it. But these are all covered in 100% real chocolate. Low-calorie, high-protein. So if you're looking for a way to... Replace the candy bar, which is not going to be good for you. All kinds of calories and sugar and different things like that. The puffs are definitely the way to go. You go to built.com, look at the chart, for instance. Take what built bars, you know, contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. Now, compare that to like a candy bar, 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, 
sometimes more than that, all kinds of net carbs. You know, let's face it. Those things are not going to be as healthy for you. These puffs are a way to go to get yourself a healthy snack, but still kind of get that craving and get yourself that sweet tooth fix, right? Mint brownie, coconut, chocolate almond. There's all kinds of great new bars that are on Built.com. White chocolate cookies and cream is the newest flavor for this month. So listen, if you're like me and you need that substitute, I always did get into the protein bars and the snacks and stuff like that because I'm like everybody. I get a sweet tooth. I, I want to have something that's kind of sweet. The puffs are definitely the way to go. But go to Built.com and check out their line. And look, all about taste, all about making it delicious, but certainly a much healthier alternative for you. And if you go to Built.com and you use the promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15, and you get 15% off your order Go to built.com today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, back with you on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery as we talk about the Falcons' offensive philosophy. So if we know that Marcus Mariota or your next quarterback coming in, we're not going to be able to just toss it around 600 times in this offense. The Falcons are going to have to figure out a way to still move the ball and still become you know, a, a, a scoring offense. This will be an opportunity for Arthur Smith to put his imprint and his impression on this offense the way that he did in Tennessee. Now, to be fair, they found the right guy. They they hit a home run, grand slam, you know, three grand slams in an inning, if you want, in Derrick Henry. And, and those guys are not easy to find. Second round pick that becomes a 2,000-yard running back. But think about in 2008, how the Falcons stabilized their offense. So if we go back the season before in 07, which I believe was the most disastrous year in Falcons history, you're looking at Mike Vick being sent to Leavenworth prison. Bobby Petrino comes in and, and quits after 13 games. And you're stuck with Byron Leftwich and Joey Harrington and Chris Redman at quarterback. Arthur Blank is making all kinds of crazy comments on Monday Night Football and all this kind of stuff. It was a disaster of a season. They come into 08 bring in a new general manager from New England and Thomas Dimitrov. They bring in a new head coach, the DC from Jacksonville and Mike Smith, and they turn this thing around. That was another thing too. They drafted awful in 07, Jamal Anderson. Oh, PU. That was Rich McKay's last draft pick. Thank God. But they not only drafted Matt Ryan coming in, which was not a popular pick by any stretch of the imagination in 08, but they went and found themselves the guy who was, and it turned out to be the best free agent signing in the history of the Atlanta Falcons. And that was Michael Turner. So Turner comes over from San Diego. He's a backup running back to LaDainian Tomlinson. Had some success, had some big runs, some big plays, but just never got that shot because he got a first ballot Hall of Famer at running back. He comes over here, and in that first year, his 1,500 yards, whatever it was, 15 touchdowns, a dozen touchdowns, 16 touchdowns, whatever it was. It was a whole mess of touchdowns and 1,500 yards for it. And it stabilized the offense. Yeah, they had Roddy White, but let's face it. They had Michael Jenkins and I want to say, uh, oh gosh, was it like Martrez Milner was one of their tight ends? I mean, just they didn't have a lot of offensive weapons. 
didn't have a lot of offensive pieces. Remember, they drafted Harry Douglas in that 08 draft as well, so he's a rookie wide receiver coming in. They didn't have a lot of pass-catching pieces all around them. They won because they played just good enough defense and they could run the ball and just maintain. And it got them to 11-5 and five in that first year under Mike Smith. They go to the playoffs, they lose in Arizona, we know what story is and all that. So as you look forward right now, looking at the running back room, Mike Davis, 3.6 yards a carry and 500 yards. Okay, he may not even be here when all is said and done. Damian Williams is coming back. He's, I don't know what he is. Nobody knows what, what he is. Kadri Allison signed back up. Okay, I like Allison. I want to see him get his chance to do something, but I have no idea what it's going to be. You have no idea what it's going to be. I don't have any idea what it's going to be, right? So we're hoping for the best there. And then Cordell Patterson, who thrived in this offense last year, but he's not a 250 carry running back in the NFL. You're not going to use him like that. You're going to use him for 150, 60 carries. You're going to use him for 50, 60 receptions, right? You're going to use him. I don't want to say gimmick, but you're going to have to gimmick your way, you know, with him a little bit, but he's not an every down running back in the NFL. You have to, you have to pick your spots with him in the NFL. So as you start to look forward to not just this season, but next year, Let's say the Falcons aren't in the mix for the Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud sweepstakes. Because if you're not in that one, two, three draft pick area, your chances of getting Stroud or Bryce Young aren't going to be that high. If, if you're six, seven, eight, somewhere around in there, you're not going to be in the C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young business. So that's why, first off, I think it's important to draft a quarterback this year to at least get somebody in here and get somebody learning the system they may not be the answer long-term, but they may be enough to get you through the next couple of years. Or if you do get lucky, you can be in the quarterback sweepstakes again next year. And whether that's you go second round, whether that's you you move back, bundle some pieces, move back up in the first, all this kind of stuff. Figure out all the philosophies that you want you know, from there. But I do think it's a good idea to take a quarterback this year. Well, as that person's learning and Marietto's you know, taking over and he's doing his thing with his offense, if you look next year, one of the things about next year's draft that is a strong group is the running back position, whether it's Jameer Gibbs at Alabama, whether it's Zach Evans at Old Miss, whether it's B. John Robinson out of Texas. There are a lot of good running backs that are coming into the draft next year. And so if you want to start to get some things turned around, this year, focus on defense. Go get my pass rusher at eight, or if you move back, get a pass rusher. Load up on your defense. Get your safety. Get you know, linebacker, get all those pieces that you need on defense. Start loading up your defense. But next year, as you play through this offense, may not be a bad idea to think about, yes, I said it, a first-round running back. Because what you don't want to do in today's NFL is overpay. And I know the Falcons got all this cap space, but it doesn't make sense to overpay for a running back, for, for a used running back. You know, in today's NFL – you take those running backs and you throw them into the fire. You burn them up. You do like Todd Gurley and Zeke Elliott. You burn all the tread off that tire immediately, right? You're running 100 miles an hour on those tires until there's just nothing but metal fibers showing, right? And so by the time they get to be free agency or that second contract or whatever, there ain't a whole lot of tread left. And, and now you're buying a used or damaged type of product. I don't want to get into all that. Because that, again, is just wasted money. Even if you've got 100, you know, if you want to buy, get somebody like that for a backup and a mentor and things like that, 
I get all of that at a reasonable price, but I'm not investing big money into a running back in free agency in today's NFL. But I would be open to the idea of next year, if it's a Robinson or whatever, using a first-round draft pick. Oh, you, you can't do all that. You can do that if that's what you need to do. <laughs> if, if, if you have a quarterback that's Midland or you're not in the quarterback sweepstakes and you guys tell me best player available, it may be one of those running backs if you're not in that line. Now, a lot of things that have to go right, you have to fix your defense and you got to get some things out there. But my point is, from the offensive philosophy standpoint, because I do believe that, for instance, you may not have Calvin Ridley next year. In fact, I'll be willing to almost guarantee that you won't have Ridley. At this point, Ridley will either get off a suspension or not, which he probably will, but your GM has openly said that they were trying to trade him. So he may not be here. And it may be the chance for Arthur Smith, starting with next year's draft, to start to put the same imprint on this offense that he did when he was in Tennessee. Just something to think about, food for thought, We'll worry about more of that next year. All right, when we get back on Hitting Hard, we're going to talk a little bit about the NCAA tournament, men's final four coming up this weekend, plus some WrestleMania predictions as well. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckry here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. We're back with Hitting Hard with John Chuckry here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. And two things coming up this weekend that are big and kind of on the opposite ends of the spectrum that we want to hit on uh, this weekend. Um, Obviously the men's final four taking place this weekend as one of the things that I do love about college basketball is I've always been a big fan of the final four weekend, especially the national semifinal games. My philosophy has always been when you look at the national semifinals at this point, teams have had to win four straight games with very little prep and time to figure some things out, especially on that second game, right? You know, you get time to prepare for that first game, but that second game, you got a day and then you got to get back at it. So these are teams that are geared up and ready to go and some of the best of the best when you talk about the NSA Final Four. And these have always been some of my favorite matchups of all time in the world of college basketball. I remember back to 87, Indiana and UNLV hooking up. Steve Alford and Freddie Banks and Armand Gilliam and just some of the great matchups. Louisville and Houston in 83. The dunk fest in the second half that game for five slamma jamma. Just so many great games in the national semifinal that to me really stick out. So now this year we have obviously Villanova, Kansas, two of the real blue blood programs in the world of college basketball. But more importantly is we've got Carolina and Duke. First time ever that they're going to hook up and meet uh, with each other. Um, Coach K is on his retirement tour, right? He's trying to win the national title. Has he become a favorite now? I'm not. I I still hope Duke loses by 30. I mean, I hope Carolina beats him by 30. I'll be honest with you. I I want to see Carolina blow them out. I want to see Carolina win, and I want to see him blow them out. So that Coach K can go out knowing that, hey, I, uh, you know, I, I lost uh, in, in not just didn't I lost my my final game in the national semifinal, a step away from winning a national championship, and I lost to the Carolina, and we got blown out. Now I don't know if that's going to happen, but again, I think Duke's probably the best team still in the tournament, and and they look outstanding this year. But it is a great matchup of Duke, Carolina, and Villanova, Kansas, because I think that's one of the things. If you're not going to have a St. Peter's type of story where you have not just a Midland seed, but a 15 seed that gets itself into the national tournament or national semifinals, I should say, if you're not going to have that, 
then give me the blue bloods. Then, then give me the best of the best. Give me the best programs in college basketball. Give me the best coaches in college basketball. You know, think about Jay Wright. Um, you've got um, uh, Coach K, Bill Self. And you got three of the absolute top best coaches in the sport today that are in this. And Hubert Davis is a guy coaching Carolina that's learning his trade and, and figuring things out. But the matchups out of all of it. So I do think it lends for some excitement this weekend. I think Duke does beat Carolina, although I'm rooting for Carolina in all this thing. And I think Villanova beats Kansas. And, and now you've got arguably the two best programs in college basketball right now playing in the national final of Duke and Villanova. That's what the final four should be. The final four should be a celebration of excellence. If you're not like, I'm not interested in like a four, six, eight, nine seed. If it's not going to be a 15, 16 type of seed on a miracle run, then give me all the top seeds. Give me the ones and twos out of all of it. Give me the blue blood programs. Give me the best players in America. Because that's the other thing too, is I want to see the best players in America. I want to see all the first team All-Americans hook up. I remember when it was Patrick Ewing and Akeem Olajuwon that were going tete-a-tete with one another in the national final. I remember when, you know, it was Ewing on one side against Michael Jordan, Sam Perkins, and those guys on another. You know, I remember when it was Leitner, Hurley, and Grant Hill going against Larry Johnson and Stacey Augman and those guys. I want to see the top players, and those mostly come from the best programs in the country. So I think it's Duke and Villanova. And then uh, I'm going to take Villanova. What the hell? I'll take Villanova and and say Villanova wins the national championship. It's going to be tough. They've got one of their best players that's going to be out. So we'll see how they – but Villanova is so resilient. They're so well coached. I know Duke is really the favorite and the sentimental favorite right now, but eh, screw it. I'm not going to pick uh, Coach K or anything like that. So uh, I'll take Villanova and Duke in the national final, and I'll take Villanova to win the whole thing. Now – Also coming up Saturday and Sunday, WrestleMania from Dallas, Texas, Jerry's World. I don't know how many people they're going to have. It's a 100,000-seat stadium. They ain't going to have 100,000 people there. They got two nights, two nights of WrestleMania to try to sell 200,000 tickets. They were already doing the buy one, get one free and all that good kind of stuff. So you know that they're not going to sell out, uh, uh, you know, 200,000 tickets in in back-to-back nights. As far as the matches go and some of the predictions, so the – Steve Austin, Kevin Owens, I'll say match, but it will be a cinematic match. Look, they're going to make Stone Cold Steve Austin look as good as possible. There's there's not a chance on earth Kevin Owens is going to get over on Steve Austin. Not, not for this buildup, not for this. The smart thing that they have done in this feud is at least they have not let these guys see one another or touch one another. And I sort of wanted to see that with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, but they haven't let these two guys see or touch one another. So it builds up the drama in anticipation. Now, I think they've done the the Lesnar-Roman um, Reigns feud really well, but there have been some little missteps, I think, along the way of letting these guys get too close to one another or see one another too much. But as far as Austin and Owens goes, I definitely want to take you know Austin to to come out shining. He'll look like the best of all time out of all of this. The two other matches that I'm interested in besides the main event are the women's matches: Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey has committed to a year with WWE, so I expect that they're going to put the belt on her. I, I think that the I think one of the things about the women's division because we're going to talk about this with Becky as well. 
the women's division needs an infusion of some different talent. They don't have the momentum that they had a few years ago, right? Becky and Charlotte have so clearly established themselves as really two of the biggest stars in the company, not just not just women stars, but I'm talking about two of the biggest stars in the company. Becky's been the leading merchandise seller at different points. She was the most over baby face that they had in the company a couple of years ago. So they've really established themselves. Charlotte is as good a heel as there is in the business, but they need that infusion. With Bailey not being around, Sasha's kind of moved down the card. With all due respect, I mean, they haven't booked Rhea Ripley very well. They haven't done anything with that. I think Ronda's going to get the title. I think Ron, I think they're going to put the title on Ronda and let Charlotte go back to trying to chase her for it. Or they're going to start to bring some other heels in to start chasing after, after Ronda Rousey. So she's committed to a year. So she's going to be around for a while. She's going to get you through, you know, probably SummerSlam to Survivor Series and all those kinds of things. So she's going to be around for a while. So you got plenty of time to get some stuff out of her. But I think for a different infusion than just keeping the belt on Charlotte and the next vagabond comes along to just try to wrestle her, you know, the next, eh, you know, whatever, the next pseudo baby face. That's not all that popular comes along to wrestle her. I, I think they're going to put the, put, put the belt on Ronda Rousey and let Charlotte go back to trying to chase her for all of it. Now with Becky and Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair for the, uh, for the other women's championship. I do think that they're going to put it on Bianca Belair. I do think that they're going to take it off of Becky and it's because I think they did Bianca wrong, but they need more infusion of talent. They, they need some new stars in the women's division besides just Charlotte and Becky. And I think Bianca having the title makes a lot of sense for that. And then in the main event, Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. I'm very much looking forward to this match. This is the one thing for sure on the show that I don't want to miss. I think Roman's going to go over and I think Roman Reigns is going to win the title. And I think he's going to unify the title. His character is so good. And knowing that Brock plays sort of hokey pokey with the WWE, and I know he's committed for a while and things like that, but the idea of Roman with Paul Heyman and keeping that going and him being the unified champion, that has been a perfect fit. That, that would be a perfect fit where the Usos, and they've got all the big titles, right? So I do think Roman is going to, if you will, get his revenge on, on Brock Lesnar. But I think Roman's going to go over. I think that character has been too good. And with Paul Heyman and his side, because what are you going to do on SmackDown? You know, the, the Fox Network has, you know, all these billions of dollars into WWE. Their biggest stars need to be on that brand. With all due respect to Raw and USA Network, their biggest stars need to be on Fox, on broadcast Fox version. That's why I think Roman's going to get it, and that character has been so good, so good so far with Paul Heyman. So we'll see what happens two nights at WrestleMania. Excited to get uh, into it. So, all right, thanks uh, for being with us on our very first edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. So remember, we're going to be here five days a week with you. We're going to be here Monday through Friday covering all things around uh, Atlanta sports and a few things beyond as we just talked a little bit about our R-E-S-S-L-I-N. That's wrestling. We want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We want you to like and review us. You can find us on all of your favorite podcast platforms on Odyssey and all the different networks that are out there, but definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll put the links up for you to do all of that. Rate and review. Tell us if you like uh, what you're hearing and uh, we will certainly be you know with you here moving forward through 
all during the week and all kinds of good stuff uh, coming up. So this has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.